You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. On the fake, Rodgers lets it fly, has Watson, he's got it, on his feet and he's in for the touchdown! That might be the biggest catch of this young receiver's career, Christian Watson, you can see him, it's just press man, they talk about his speed, his ability to get behind the defense, it's just a matter of can he catch it, that's a great job tracking the ball. He just took a big sigh of relief. Look at his buddies greeting him on the sideline, man. That's got to feel good. What's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. And boy, oh boy, surprise, surprise, we've got some drama today. I know, right? Probably catches a lot of people off guard. <laughs> I had a whole show kind of topped up here, ready to roll uh, with some off-season stuff and got a couple of emails. And as always, man, we're going to push some of those talking points to the forefront. Um, I will say this, that <sighs> the people who look at this as, <clears throat> man, this is good for the Packers. It's a good, good off-season fodder. I don't fall into that category, okay? I don't want you to – uh, get the wrong impression here. I don't want to come across like, yeah, we got something to talk about, you know. Um, I, I just don't kind of subscribe to that. But at the same time, um, when stuff like this comes up, you want to cover it, you know. Um, you want to uh, address it if your listeners want you to address it. And that seems to be kind of the theme. That's uh, a couple emails I had roll in, and they brung it up. So <clears throat> what we're going to do is we're going to hit on it. We're going to talk about everything that um, has transpired with Romeo Dobbs' comments. I'm trying not to laugh, to be honest with you, um, because it's all just so silly. Um, I try to I try to take things and immediately put myself in someone else's position, you know. I put myself in Romeo Dobbs' position getting asked the question. I put myself in – um, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers' position, like what would I do if I was in his exact situation? Um, then I also put myself in the media's chair um, because that's the one I kind of relate to the most. I've never had the physical demand of being a um, 
a world-class athlete, right? I know that catches a lot of people off guard. You may be surprised. <laughs> um, I never, you know, look at my, yeah, I never, I've never, you know, I'm never going to know what it's like to be Aaron Rodgers and, and how I would react to stuff in a certain situation. I, you know, I, I wouldn't know what it's like for Romeo Dobbs to react to the question in real time. Um, I kind of, I, I don't want to say I relate, but I'm more along the lines of the uh, the media members that ask the question simply because I'm doing a podcast, right? And you guys know I've interviewed former players. I've interviewed, um, you know, current Packers parents, um, things like that. And I just approach it different. Um, I'm not looking to try to gouge somebody for a story. I'm not looking for a way to get a hot take and get clicks. What I wanted to do with this podcast is, Total access. The name, the name is in it, right? Everything's in the name, I should say. You know, I wanted, I wanted to bring a different podcast approach where we talk about the past, the present, the future, and then we also try to give a little bit of insight as to, you know, what it's like to be a Packer player or a family member, or you know, all that. That's why I play a lot of the locker room stuff, a lot of the sound bites, because I want you to feel like this podcast. We're all. Not only am I recording it from Lambeau Field, which I'm not. I want it to feel like we're right there inside of uh, 1265 Lombardi Avenue, but I want you to feel like you're right there too. Like, hey, man, I'm going to crack open a cold beer after a long day working and grill some meat, and I'm going to put on Packers Total Access, and let's see what's going on in the locker room today, that type of thing, right? Um, But I never want to come across like let's gouge somebody and try to get a story. I think it's silly. So let's just get right into it, man. Uh, Listeners control the show. Emails came flowing in, so here we are. Bill Ryan's up first. Bill Ryan says, hi, Clayton. Did you hear Ryan's tirade on Rodgers? I hope that you guys do a podcast together to discuss our quarterback's attitude. Go, Pat, go. Bill from New York. Bill, first of all, and, and I responded to Bill. I said, good morning, Bill. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it yet, but I'm definitely going to uh, comment on that story today because we had another email that came in about uh, Aaron, and I had several people message me on Twitter. So I have not got a chance to listen to Ryan's pod yet. Um, so everything I say here, um, I got to preference it because I've had people in the past, not, not Ryan, this has never happened with Ryan, but other people, they, they, uh, have convinced themselves that I'm talking specifically about one person or one group or what have you. In some cases I may be, but most of the time, just a general statement stuff I come across on Twitter. And if, if someone says, well, you shouldn't do that because, you know, you should be more, uh, more detailed and more specific to people. I'm not here to call people out. I'm not here to make fun of people. I'm not here to, hey, so-and-so, this is his name. This is his Twitter account. He's stupid. That's the, that's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I am going to give my response and my opinion on matters without mentioning names because <laughs> the goal isn't to try to make somebody else look dumb. It's to help people understand where I'm coming from and my viewpoint. That's the whole purpose of having a podcast, right? And I try to keep my opinion out of it. I just want to bring you what's going on. But that being said, I don't want to waste too much time on that. But I just wanted to say with Bill Ryan, I have not listened to the pod. So everything that I say here today um, has nothing to do with Ryan's pod. It's not a direct reaction to his pod. I'm going to listen to it later today. I've been consuming the majority of my podcast uh, content, the ones that I listen to, which is Ryan's uh, Packernet podcast. I love Packernet After Dark. And then I got several other business of sports and stuff like that that I, I really like to tune into as well as uh, the GM Shuffle. There's there's a bunch of different ones um, that kind of fills my um, my football needs, if you will. 
but I've been doing that in the afternoon um, because of the way the schedule is right now and, and trying to get things geared up uh, for uh, an upcoming uh, season with one of the businesses. And it just makes the most sense to do it in the afternoon. I haven't got a chance to listen to Ryan's pod yet today. So I wanted to preference that. But I'm going to give you my take on the whole Romeo Dobbs thing and our quote-unquote quarterback's attitude um, because, you know, it's just we've got to talk about it. All right, Romeo Dobbs. First of all, um, his comments. For the best of my knowledge, he said he never personally hung out. And I've got a soundbite I'm going to play for you here in a minute because there were several people tweeting about it. There were several former teammates of Aaron's that tweeted about it, and everybody completely agreed with everything. I haven't heard Greg Jennings yet. I'm sure that one will be different from every other player he's ever played with. But that's a, a comment for a different day. But he said he never personally hung out with Aaron Rodgers this year. Um, you know, one thing I'll say, Bill, when you when you first of all you said Ryan's tirade. Um, I don't. I know. Bill's emailed for a long time. He's always in the chat. I know that wasn't meant to be an insult. When I hear tirade, my personal response typically is you're saying somebody's overreacting to something. And I'm sorry, I don't have Webster's Dictionary pulled up to look at the exact definition of tirade, nor do I really care. But I I, I just want to say, as I read that email, I don't think Bill Ryan is trying to insult, uh, you know, Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. Um, I think he's just saying he probably got pretty animated, which is what I love about Ryan's podcast. And uh, the one thing that I'll tell you, I, I just about guarantee you I know what Ryan did on the pod, and I'm going to laugh when I listen to it if if indeed he did go this route, is he typically back backhands everybody involved. <laughs> and I absolutely love it. Or as I said on the pod the other night, pimp slap, right? It, it, I guarantee you he's going he's gonna to pimp slap every party involved because he doesn't like drama. Ryan doesn't. It's a waste of time. He he doesn't even to the 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 vibe I get from Ryan is he doesn't like to uh, show a lot of emotion, right? And some people are like that. I'm kind of the opposite. I'm a very emotional person. Um, Mandy makes fun of me all the time, man. I'll watch a, a feel good story movie and I'll tear up. I'll watch I'll watch the simple. What was it? We watched something the other day. It was a Christmas movie. She looked over and said, Are "You crying?" I'm like, "Yeah, shut up!" Like. Now, don't I wasn't sobbing, but, you know, I, I teared up because it's like, man, it, it's hard for me not to go back to my childhood and, and how I was raised. And when you see uh, certain things portrayed nine times out of ten aren't realistic, let's be honest. This, this is not how fan, I say this all the time watching watching these dramatic shows or these feel-good moments at home, and I always say people don't act like that. Like, come on, right? But when you feel like, you missed out on certain things. Grandparents get me all the time, man. Oh, grandparents tear me up because I, I didn't have grandparents. Yeah, I mean, I did, but I was I was real young when they died. Like my mom and dad, my mom's mom and dad. Uh, her mom died when she was sixteen, so obviously I didn't never got a chance to meet her. Her dad died before I was born. He uh, he died of uh, alcoholism, and then on my dad's side, um, his dad uh, died in a car accident when I was six years old. And then his mom had Alzheimer's um, for as long as I can remember. I don't I don't ever remember an interaction with my with my granny Grady. It was her name, Grady. That's about as country as it gets. Right. Um, because by the time I came along and met her, she pretty much had the mind of a child. So when I see stuff on TV or anything portrayed about people having a great relationship with their grandparents, it, it makes me tear up because it's like, man, I wish I wish I could have experienced that. Right. Um, so anyway, all right. So 
I'm sure he backhanded everybody involved. That was the point there, right? And I, I'm looking forward to listening to it. But let's just kind of get down to the meat and, meat and taters, as we say down here, of what exactly happened. And Bill, thank you so much for the email. And I'm going. this whole show was kind of molded around the fact that you said, um, did you hear uh, Ryan's tirade on Rodgers and discuss the quarterback's attitude? We know what that's in reference to. Um, I'm sure Ryan is talking about the Romeo Dobbs situation. Uh, so that's uh, I appreciate the email, and that's what everything's going to be geared towards with this whole episode. Now let's get into what was actually said. This uh, this video here, first of all, let me just do it this way. I'm going to kind of set it up. Lane Taylor tweeted this out. Okay, so this is his t- uh, teammate, and I'm going to hold off on reading his tweet until here in just a second. So let's just go ahead and play the video. It's amazing I could only find a 34-second clip. I scrolled for about 10 minutes and couldn't find the entire clip. It's amazing how – this entire interview, the only thing that I could find was 34 seconds. And I'm sure he said a bunch more, and I'm sure it's out there, but this is the only thing that's clipped on Twitter right now that anybody cares about. And I hate how it comes in right at the end of the question. It might not even mention the question. Uh, Regardless, let's go ahead and play it here and let you guys hear it, and we'll talk about it. Can you give us an outside of the facility hanging out with Aaron Rodgers story? Um, I I didn't get a chance to hang out with him. But not one I, time I, he didn't I, take you guys out. Not one time. Um, I mean, as far as being around 12, uh, I'd say possibly it's always been football. So, I mean, in the building, on the practice field, there was never a time where, you know, got the really or not. There there was an event, well, not, not an event, but we had a team get together for Halloween. I thought that was pretty cool. Can you- so <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but it's just it's. It's funny to me how she reacted, right? I'm playing you one more time. Can give us an here. outside of the facility hanging out with Aaron Rodgers story? Um, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to hang out with him, but not one I, time. Not, didn't take- not one time. Not one time. Like, tell me she isn't gouging this guy to try to get him to say something. And I want to say this: I feel bad for Romeo Dobbs. First of all, if you listen to anything he says any reactionary videos or anything that where he's he's responded to something. This dude seems so humble, and he looks like a deer caught in headlights in this question. Like, and, and to me, it comes across like she's trying to gouge him. As soon as he says, um, I didn't get a chance to really hang out with 12 outside of, you know, outside of football, and then he says one time. It sounds like he says not one time, but I think he says one time, meaning the Halloween party. Now, keep in mind, Rodgers is, you know, last year he went on several rants about how he wasn't allowed to hang out with teammates because of the COVID status. We all know that's all BS now with how everything was freaking handled. That's a podcast for a different day. But he he loves hanging out with the teammates. He loves the Halloween party. He's got a group of guys that he takes out to dinner. They call them the Friday crew, right, the people that they kind of run with. And Romeo Dobbs has asked this question, and he says, except one time, you know, with the Halloween party, like, I, man, maybe I'm being too cold here. And all I can do is, is speak from personal experience, right? I know every job I've ever had. Not one time did I expect one person on the crew I was on, management staff I was on, any of that, that by God, it's their responsibility to hang out with me. What? Are we 10 years old? What are we talking about here? Like, 
I wish it wasn't Aaron Rodgers because it sounds like I'm just defending Aaron Rodgers. I'm giving you my personal experience. And the reason I want to point this out is because Romeo Dobbs is sitting there. Romeo Dobbs isn't coming from a standpoint of, <laughs> oh, no, he doesn't hang out with us. We're, we're little people. Didn't say that at all. And you can tell as soon as he responded and said, I, ne- I didn't really have a chance to hang out with 12 much or uh, at all outside of the facility. Not one single time? Drama. That's all it is is drama, right? I feel bad for Romeo Dobbs. I feel bad. I, I don't really feel bad for Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is at a stage in his life, which I kind of respect, that he doesn't give a crap what anybody thinks anymore, right? And I, I guess that's why I – um. I, I don't know. I I tend to not not agree with him on everything, but at least understand. I relate to him. I'm 40 years old. Aaron's 39, right? We're basically the same age. And I'm just trying to think of a scenario, like I said, where this would be an issue with what I do. Well, you're not a professional quarterback. You're right. I'm not. But again, people claim that Aaron Rodgers wants to be treated different. He thinks he's special and he's above this and he's above that. But they're the ones making him out to be the person that is special, right? If I met Aaron Rodgers at the grocery store, which they say he is all the time in the grocery store in Green Bay, people run into him all the time at one specific grocery store. You see pictures of him with people's kids. And and it's amazing how that stuff doesn't get covered that much, right? You you can find if you just go – Search Twitter, you can find pictures of him posing with people's kids at the grocery store and everything. He said it the other day when in the in the interview, man, I'm going to miss going to the grocery store in Green Bay, just being here in the community. Not that I'm going to miss it. He said, I'm going to still be a part of it, but those are the things that, that he really enjoys, right? But, like, if I ran into Aaron Rodgers at the grocery store, I wouldn't run up to him, oh, my God, Aaron Rodgers, let's get a picture. When I was in Green Bay, I seen players all week long. We were sitting at a – I don't want to say the name of the restaurant because then people autograph hounds will go down there and try to try to wait for them to walk in. But it was a, a very nice restaurant in downtown Green Bay. To the best of my knowledge, the nicest restaurant in town. It was awesome. Awesome setup. We're sitting there uh, waiting uh, to be uh, to be seated. We were about 20 minutes early for our reservation. Surprise, surprise. Right. As Mandy calls me, Papa Bailey, I got to be 15 minutes early to everything. I don't know. But that's just the way I <laughs> operate. But. Devondre Campbell walked in with his wife, right? They pull up in this. I don't even want to say any any details on their vehicle, but when the vehicle pulled up, Mandy went, is that a – and she rattled it off, and I was like, dang. And I'm not a big car person, but I was like, holy cow. That's, I don't even want to – I don't want to say the price of the car either, but it's like, hmm. And he walks in, and it's Devondre Campbell, him and his wife. And they stand five feet from us at the post. Nobody harassed them or anything, right? I darn sure wasn't going to go, hey, you're Devondre Campbell. Can I get a picture? If you do that, that's okay. But I'm just saying that's not me. If I spotted Aaron Rodgers in the grocery store, I would treat him just like Bill Ryan who emailed the show. He's another human being. And I feel like he looks at other people the same way. And I think the media gets taken back by that. Now, is he secretive? Absolutely. Is he uh, one of these people that's, uh, what do you call him, uh, uh, introvert, I believe is the right term? Um I completely relate to that. Guys, I don't like people. That may surprise you. You see the pictures of us at Lambeau and meeting up with the gang and everything. I guarantee you if you asked everybody we met up with from Packernet Podcast, Justin, Jacob, all of them, they would probably go, if they were being honest, they would go, I would expect Clayton to be a little more outgoing than that. Because they all had conversations at the table. I said, over and ate my food because I'm a weirdo like that. (laughs) I'm just, I'm kind of an introvert, right? Um, So I relate to that. 
uh, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. But the media wants to make him out to be this, you know, whatever. Again, it's just drama. So let's read, let's read Lane Taylor's tweet here. This is a former teammate of Aaron Rodgers. Keep in mind, guys, he's not on the team anymore. Most people go, of course they're going to say that. They're in the locker room. They got to. They'll get crucified if they don't. He's not in the locker room anymore. Has no reason to. He wasn't a superstar. He was never a Pro Bowl. Some people would say he wasn't even starter quality, right? He was an offensive lineman, backup offensive lineman for the most part, okay? Lane Taylor. He said, people are always trying to make Aaron, Aaron a bad guy. I guess he should have spent his free time doing trust falls with the rookie wide receivers. (laughs) So this is a former player who's making a joke of it as well. Like, what was he supposed to do? Oh, I don't know. Maybe he should just – I mean, would it really hurt him to take him out to dinner? I mean, no. But is he obligated to do that? No. That's silly. Like, that's the – what? it's like it's junior high or something. He didn't – why didn't – it ain't even the person going, he didn't even talk to me. He walked right by me. It's the media going, uh, he walked right by him and didn't talk to him. Come on, people. But I, I want to cuss so bad, but I can't – like, we're grown adults, and we're expecting this guy to act like – I mean, let me give you my personal experience, okay? My work history, I've pretty much been in the leadership role since I had a job at a grocery store in high school, my senior year, I couldn't play football. I had to choose between football and baseball. I already had, you know, golly, I don't want to over overindulge here, but I started playing baseball when I was five years old. And at that time I was uh, 16, well, I just turned 17. I graduated young. Um, so I'd probably been playing baseball for 12 years, right? So I had to choose – I had to choose baseball over football. The football coach recruited me and really wanted me to play football, play wide receiver. I know you see me now and you probably go, why would they want you as a wide receiver? But that's the, that's the truth. And I told him I couldn't because I had to have, I had to have this job. Um, my family needed help making money when I was in high school. It's just the way it was. Um, but so at 17 years old, I was promoted to what they call a grocery manager. I was over everything. I ordered every single product coming in that store other than, the meat department, and the produce, right? So I had a stock crew underneath me, right? And I had probably seven or eight employees that worked underneath me. Um, I was essentially second in command, well, third in command of the store, as silly as that sounds, command, right? And and I'm getting, I'm going somewhere with this, so hang with me. You know, essentially I was the third most, quote unquote, important person in that, that business's establishment there, that one building, right? Never once did I take people out to dinner. Never once did I get the stock crew together and go, hey, guys, y'all want to come over to the house? We'll sit around, hold hands, and sing Kumbaya. Not once. So that's my personal experience, right? I moved to Knoxville, Tennessee. I get a job with the post office. I'm bottom of the totem pole. Made pretty good money, but I'm bottom of the totem pole. Never once did I feel obligated to take a coworker out to dinner. Never once, here's what's crazy, the manager and the assistant manager of that store I just talked about, never once did they invite me out to dinner or to to come over to their house to play cards or whatever, you know, that the players do. I don't know what they do, right? Never, never once. So the post office, the supervisor never asked me to. My immediate supervisor didn't. The plant manager didn't. The plant assistant manager, nobody ever said, hey, man, let's go out and grab something to eat. Now, I had co-workers I hung out with, right? I had people that, we worked together on a flat sorting machine 
hey, yeah, let's go. Let's go grab lunch. Hey, we're going to grab dinner. Not cool. I'm in. Let's go grab some drinks. Right. Like that happened. But never once did I have someone superior go, hey, let's uh, we need to get together and build some chemistry. It's so stupid. It is so stupid. Now, what's Aaron Rodgers' stance on that stuff? He made a Zach Wilson comment the other day, got crucified for it because he told Zach Wilson, he talked to him. It was a Friday evening in the offseason, and he was kind of helping mentor Zach Wilson a little bit because, you know, Zach obviously struggling. It sounds like they were connected before the struggle started, you know, whatever. And he told him, where are you at? And he said, the facility. He's like, get out of there, dude. Get out of there. I relate to that because I couldn't tell you how many times. Let me let me just even fast forward a little bit more. I go on from the post office, okay? And I'm going to come back to that comment if I can remember. I'm so scatterbrained. I, uh, while working at the Postal Service, I had a gentleman approach me who worked there as well. He was a union employee, been there for 25 years. He said, hey, what's your plan here? And I said, well, I took the... I took the postal exam. I scored really high on it. They're telling me I should be a PTF in a matter of months, which meant a 90-day window where as long as you don't do anything stupid, you become a full-time employee. You get union benefits, all that stuff. I said, but I'll be honest with you, man. This ain't for me. The second I find I figured out my idiotic self figures out what I want to do with my life, um, then I'll uh, I'll be out of here. I'm, I may take that job to make a little bit of money for a little bit. And he laughed and said, that's that's typically how it is. He said, that was kind of my approach, too. And I've been here for 25 years now. It scared me to death. I'm, I'm looking around. The reason it scared me to death, I look around the building and go, these people are miserable. That one's cheating on his wife with her. Right. They're like everybody just they're constantly bickering and filing grievances against each other and this and that. I'm like, man, I got to get the hell out of this place tomorrow. Right. So anyway, he offered me a job. He said, I own a Kim Dry franchise actually four different franchises. Would you like to come work for me? And I said, well, man, obviously money, money's a big thing. He said, I'll, I, whatever they pay you, show me your last check stub. I'll make sure I, I beat that pay and we'll beat it significantly. I was like, holy cow. And I asked him, I'm like, what's the catch here? Like, why are you doing this? He was like, I've watched you work and you, I, you, you could be a huge asset to my business. Right. So I go on to work for him and his business partner. I found out later they're actually, I'm just going to say it. Because I want people to understand where I where I stand on things like this. This isn't to be political. This isn't to be overly sensitive or insensitive about anything. I find out later they were gay, right? It bothered me a bit. Are you kidding me? Like two of the nicest people you ever meet. Mandy absolutely adores them. They treated Mandy like my wife. Mandy at the time was my girlfriend. Treated her like they were she was their daughter. Like they were just unbelievable people, right? And I go to work for them. Guys, they never took me out to dinner. They never said, Clayton, we need to go out and have some drinks. Let's go build some chemistry. The lead tech I worked with at the time didn't. When I was promoted to lead tech and then promoted to third in command there, I I never said, I need to get the crew together. Let's take them out to eat. Let's go have some, some uh, team bonding time. Again, there's nothing wrong with it if a player does it. If a player does it, I'm like, dude, that's freaking awesome. That's 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 really above and beyond. It's but to set that as like the standard that if someone doesn't do that, then they're a bad teammate, a bad leader. It's just stupid. Again, I went out with co-workers, right? Me and other technicians that worked within that franchise. Absolutely. We would go out and grab lunch and grab dinner together. But I never expected anybody above me to do that. That's just silly. Right. I, I moved to where I'm at now. And I took a job working concrete and steel construction. And we had, you know, anywhere from 20 to 50 people working on our crew at a time. Never once did the owner of the business 
or a supervisor say, guys, we're going to get the guys together and go out and grab some grab some dinner. We're going to go play cards. Not once. Again, I had coworkers I went out with. So my for me to react any other way other than my own personal experience is selfish. And it's drawing a narrative. It's creating a narrative to try to paint a picture on someone to make them look worse than they actually are. That goes for anybody. Like, we're going to get to Brett Favre here in a second, and, and it's a, actually a good segue here. But I want to point out, former teammate Lane Taylor commented on it, and he thought it was a joke and said that the media is pretty much trying to make Aaron look like a bad guy. Now, let's move on to another former teammate, John Coon. John Coon obviously has a podcast that's 9 to noon. Great podcast. Um, if you guys get a chance to check it out, I like John Coon. He's one of my favorite players. I thought about buying his jersey. Because he's just, I love that he's not politically correct. I love it that when people try to grandstand, he calls them on. I love when people are overly, overly emotional or try to cancel somebody. He doesn't hold anything back, man. He just jumps right into it. Um, I respect that because in a time where today, if you do that, you could you could literally get canceled. Um, it's important, man. It's to me, it's it's important that someone stands up like that. It really is. So, John Coon, um, this came from ninety three or ninety seven point three the games Twitter page. And this is John Kuhn on 9 to 9 presented by uh, Palermo's, I believe is how you say it. Um, this is him talking about the whole situation. I love the context he draws between Brett Favre and Aaron, and he actually talks about um, uh, Ben Roethlisberger as well. And and this these things are important. Now, people, there are some people making a big deal out of the age difference, right? Some people are making a huge deal out of the out of the age difference. Uh, let me go back to what I said about the the uh, the two owners or the owner of the of the business I worked for too. That I pointed out that you know kind of their personal life there. The reason I want to point that out is they were two of the nicest human beings I've ever met in my life. Two of the sharpest businessmen I've ever met in my life. And these guys, I, I seen them buy bicycle after bicycle after bicycle around Christmas time. Like there was one one Christmas we came into the office. And there was 50 bicycles sitting in the driveway. I was like, what in the world? Are y'all, y'all selling the y'all selling the the uh, the franchise and gonna take up you know wholesale bicycle business? And they laughed, said, No, these are for the local kids down here. We we uh went out and bought 50 bicycles to donate to the community. I wanted to point that out because there's a lot of people that still do gay bashing, and I think it's just it's absolutely absurd that we're, as a society you can't accept people for what they're it has nothing to do with me, it affects me in no way, shape, or form, right. Now, some people would say, well, I thought you were a Christian. I am a Christian. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I didn't see anywhere in the Bible where Jesus said to hate people because they're gay. That's just the way I see it. Oh, well, he condemned it. Okay, gotcha. He also said to love everybody, right? Okay, you kind of breezed over that part. Put your stones back in your robe there, house cat. Drives me crazy. And you wonder why people hate Christianity and hate the church. Unbelievable. I'm about to get pissed and I got to, I got to chill. I, I, I wanted to point that out because I love pointing that out because they were two of the best human beings I've ever encountered, ever interacted with. They were just unbelievable. Family was amazing. Um, both of them had kids. I mean, I could go anyway, it don't even matter, but gotta get so angry when I think about how people judge so much. I think it's why somehow I went from four years ago, hating Aaron Rodgers to now I'm like his biggest defender because all he all everybody does is just judge him, judge him, judge him, judge him. And it's like, well, he's selfish. He's selfish, really? You want to pull up how much money he's donated to help people with the wildfires out west, right? You want to know why he doesn't get along with his brother? One of the reasons? One of his brothers called him out for that. He said, hey, he'll give that money to them, but he won't even speak to his family. 
This ain't about you, dude. He just donated a million dollars to help a bunch of families. He also donated a bunch of money for COVID relief. Nobody talks about that, right? But they want to pick this apart that a teammate said he didn't hang out with him his rookie season outside of the facility. Although Aaron all year long bragged on Romeo Dobbs over and over and over and over. Just cracks me up. So anyway, let's get to John Coon's comments here so I can get off this, this rant. We talk about leadership. And the more that we've talked over this over two weeks, there's been things that just red flags keep throwing up here as far as why. Like, the answer was always, why have the Green Bay Packers not won? You've said it. I've said teams that drink together win together. No doubt. <laughs> like, there, there's – you have – Teams that drink together won together. I love that. I absolutely love that. And you hear some of the best stories about guys being out and, you know, and uh, and hanging out outside of the facility and everything. Have to be a tight-knit group to win. There, there's no cheating that. And there's effort that has to go into that. There's no cheating that. Teams that are close win. Let me let me throw a couple things at you. When I was a rookie and I got to Pittsburgh, Ben took the rookies. Big Ben took the rookies out. Now, Ben was young in his career. Yes. This was Ben's like second or third year. He took the rookie offensive guys out to dinner and some drinks, covered it. You know, was getting to know everybody. Heath Miller, myself, Chris Kimuatu, a couple of the young rookies on the Oh, just a second, guys. I just realized. No, we're good. We're good. All right, cool. Just want to make sure you guys. Offensive side, he took out. He, you know, and and he did that a couple different times. That was in OTAs. That was in the off season. And then I also told you guys about. All right, so he pointed out that Ben Roethlisberger took his teammates out his rookie year. Right, the whole offense paid for drinks, paid for dinner, all that stuff. Right, and talked about how that's important, and it is. It absolutely is. When I came to Green Bay, and Brett was. 38, 39 years old in the same age as Aaron Rodgers, right? He comes to Green Bay. John Kuhn does. Brett Favre's a quarterback. Locker room was filled with a bunch of 20-somethings. We had the youngest roster in the National Football League, even with Brett Favre on the team. We did not hang out with Brett off the field. And that's not a shot at Brett. There was a generation gap there is, between there is. us, a full generation gap. That is where Aaron Rodgers is at right now. It but could also, it could also partially be part of the reason why he wants to keep a Mercedes Lewis, a Randall Cobb, a David Bakhtiari, guys that he, that are older, that have been with them, uh, for some time. So it's not a shock to me that, that Romeo Dobbs and Aaron don't hang out off the field. It's not a shock at all. And it's not a shot at either guy for not getting together and doing these things but it is a factor in team build we talk about so i love it that's about as transparent or as honest as it gets when when you heard me say i was going to play john coon's comments i guarantee you you thought oh john coon's going to defend him he, he's saying no there's a there's a team building thing that goes on do i wish aaron Rodgers hung out with his teammates all of them all the time absolutely who wouldn't that couldn't hurt, right? Well, I don't know. Maybe it could. Maybe they end up hating each other. I don't know. But what he pointed out with Brett, like Ben Roethlisberger was young, right? He was still young in his career when John Kuhn came there as a rookie. They were closer together in age. Now, that's not the tell-all end. That's what amazes me is there's some people who are going, hey, look at this. They're 20 years difference. Of course they're not going to hang out, silly. That has nothing to do with it. But on the other side, it's, well, the 20 years difference doesn't have anything to do with it. He needs to hang out with him. No, he doesn't. Like, guys, it's America. You can do whatever the heck you want to do. And it just amazes me how the media narrative feel like they can control. <laughs> well, let's look at the – let's go to the handbook. Nope, he's not doing that. 
Let's let's bash him for that. Oh, he's definitely not doing this that Bart Starr did back in the 60s. Let's bash him for that. Oh, right here, look, yeah, yeah. He didn't make a funny comment in the huddle like Joe Montana did in the Super Bowl. Let's bash him for that. Well, what are we doing? What the heck are we doing? I love that John Kuhn pointed that out, though, because the team-building aspect matters. The reason I mention that, he talked about Brett Favre. You guys know I became a Packer fan in 2003, right? And when I became a Packer fan, Brett Favre was everything, right? He was this Iron Man. He was this guy that was just the toughest SOB in the entire NFL. You would have to drag him off the field. He was a hard worker, all these things, right? He was a he was a football player playing quarterback. That was the best way I knew to describe it. Now, however you feel about him now, I completely understand. And you guys, if you've listened to this podcast consistently, you know exactly how I stand there. Let let the process carry out. And even in the process, whether he's guilty or he found innocent, we're going to know the facts. And if the facts are he did what they're accusing him of doing, then, yeah, all the Brett Favre memorabilia will come off the wall. That's just me personally, right? I'm Now, here's the thing. If somebody else wants to comment on Brett Favre and they still like Brett Favre and, man, he's the hero that they, they always thought and it's just strictly about what happened on the field, who the heck am I to tell them they shouldn't do that? and try to cancel them. Like, oh, really? You don't think that's – isn't it funny how people pick and choose those things? Like, it's – oh, my God. i got to really watch what I say here. There are other people in the sports media that have gotten drunk and said stuff over the air and made a complete ass out of themselves and been completely insensitive to uh, suicide and other things, right? It was just recently brung to my attention. I was like, holy cow. Right. But boy, they'll they'll quickly go to cancel somebody like like Brett Favre for something he did off the field. Right. And, and I'm never going to do that. You can have your opinion on whoever. You'll never see me jump in somebody's mentions on Twitter and say they're stupid for that or uh, you're, you're wrong for feeling that way. Now, if you climb in my mentions, yeah, you're going to get you're going to get pimp slapped a couple of times. Like, hey, get it. Get back out of here. Bye. Bye. Don't come over to my neighborhood and try to tell me how to think, right? But, again, that's my personal belief. If that stuff is true and it's proven, then it's going to be – it's going to – I'm going to have a hard time remembering for for everything he did on the field. That's just me personally. If somebody else wants to do it, then, hey, man, have at it. It's totally cool. Uh, maybe it's because the whole welfare thing hits a little bit closer to home for me than some others. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but, again, it's not my place to judge them and how they want to fan. I'm not going to tell anybody how to fan, but – the whole Brett Favre thing, I remember this situation. When when Brett Favre, when they talked about he never spent time with people outside of the facility. The guy was married and had two kids. Well, Aaron doesn't have kids. No, but does that mean he has to then? Because I don't ever remember – I don't see anybody right now saying Brett Favre was a bad teammate, right, because he didn't want to spend, uh, you know, extra time – in the background with people. Now what's crazy is with the whole Brett Favre thing, Aaron Rodgers came on the scene and I remember Aaron Rodgers hosting Bible studies. That's right. Check you're shaking it, shake it off, clear your ear out, clean your ear out real quick. I said it. Aaron Rodgers actually hosted Bible studies for the Green Bay Packers teammates at his house. I remember that. There's a book it's written, I believe it was by Joe Gibbs, either Joe Gibbs or Tony Dungy. And those books, uh, whichever one it was, he actually wrote uh, one page of it, Aaron Rodgers did, talking about his faith. I think it was called um, Men of Sunday or um, Faith in Football, something like that. 
And this was actually before I even became a Christian, which is hilarious that at the time, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> was this big Christian raised in the church and all this. And me, I was running around like a heathen going, man, I don't trust any of those Bible thumpers. And now here I am a Christian and Aaron Rodgers seems to think a little bit different. Um, you know, it shouldn't even be talking about people's faith, really. That's their own personal, you know, experience and their own personal beliefs. It doesn't matter to me. You could be anything. As long as you're not trying to hurt anybody else, I don't care what you believe. You know, you can worship the cat down the street. It don't bother me. You know, cool, man. I support you. Hey, find happiness, bro. Right. That's the way I see that. But um, now if someone's religion is telling them to physically harm another human being, I kind of have a problem with that. Yeah. Just because you think God wants you to kill that person, you ain't going to catch me supporting that. <laughs> right? Your God isn't that important that you should be able to take somebody else's life. That's kind of the way I, that's where I draw the line. So anyway, that's what's so beautiful about our constitution, right? It protects us. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The number one goal of our government is to protect everyone's life in our country. Number one goal, right? Borders, boundaries, protecting its citizens from outside and inside physical harm. That's the number one goal. A lot of people overlook, they overlook that. And we just want to do away with the Constitution, which cracks me up. So anyway. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
If you ever get a chance, go read the Constitution. It's, it's, it, it's mind-boggling to me how many people don't know what's in the Constitution. It's mind-boggling to me that a, uh, someone sitting in Congress, literally withholding a, a seat in Congress or looking to uh, establish themselves in the upper echelon of government, don't even know what's in the Constitution. That, that absolutely blows my mind that as a society we've gotten to the point where the people leading the country who are sworn in to protect the Constitution don't even know what they're protecting. I, I don't understand how you get there. But anyway, Aaron Rodgers used to host those Bible studies, and um, and and I think that helped. That's why when he took over as starter, not not the Bible study part, but just them creating that camaraderie that John Coon was talking about. Man, as soon as he took over for starter, what they do? They rallied around him. I think you're going to see the same thing with Jordan Love. I really do. I think that if Jordan Love is the quarterback of the future, and like I, I again, you guys know how I stand here. I think the Packers know whether he is or isn't. Not to say that if a better option comes along, they wouldn't jump on it. I think the 49ers show why you do that, right? They got crucified for uh, keeping a seventh-round quarterback on the roster, carrying three quarterbacks going into the season. Absolutely annihilated for it, right? And now that they have, look at Brock Purdy. He's not the most accurate quarterback, but he's getting the job done, right? So, um, again, you know, for me, it's like the whole thing with Aaron Rodgers and and what he did early on, it was absolutely huge for that team. It was huge for that chemistry. So would it help? It darn sure wouldn't hurt. But again, I'm not in the business of telling someone else how to live their life. I'm all about rules and regulations. Some of you are going, what? You live in Tennessee and you're about rules and regulations? Absolutely. That's You've got to have this guideline to go by. That, that's a boundary you don't step outside of. Now, why do I mention that? Because it's, it's on the coaching staff and management to do those things. Now, the issue that everybody conveniently overlooks is the union, and it's a big issue, and it looms very large over every situation like this, right? It's like Tom Brady. Everybody, well, Tom Brady was working out with his, his receivers in the offseason, yeah, and he also went – on a conference call, you guys can find this online, it's hilarious, went on a conference call with the union and told everybody, don't show up. Don't show up early. If you show up early, and he, he went on a cussing tirade, like you guys deserve what you get. They're going to continue to abuse it. They're, they're going to continue to uh, have the upper hand on us. This is one of the only fighting points we have as a union is don't show up to anything that's voluntary. And then he was off to the side on a field working with his <laughs> teammates. It's like, what? And of course, if those teammates get hurt outside of the facility, the team doesn't cover that. It just the union makes everything very, very uh, touch and go, right? That's the whole Aaron Rodgers contract. You guys know when they were talking about uh, signing that new deal, I knew exactly what it was. the The goal was to reset the market for the quarterbacks, right? How do you do that? What's the number we're looking at, Aaron? What's the number we're looking at, David Dunn? We need to hit that fifty million a year mark. Bang. All right. Now, Ian Rappaport comes out and leads with the story. What does he lead with? It was a three-year, $150 million deal, right? Why did he do that? First of all, you the, always follow the money in anything, right? Always follow the money. If you follow the money, that'll take you straight to the source, okay? Who did Ian Rappaport get that information from? 
We all know his connection is David Dunn and David Dunn's sports agency. So those are the numbers that David Dunn told him to report. Why? Because it reset the quarterback market. But Aaron's saying it was a team-friendly deal. Yeah, absolutely he was. Because it was a team-friendly deal. I don't care what anybody says. You're not going to convince me. I, I laid out the cap hit numbers. I laid out Deshaun Watson's contract and how it's set up. I laid out Russell Wilson's and how it's set up, right? So why were two things being reported? Why was it tongue-in-cheek, them joking, going back and forth on the Pat McAfee show? Meaning Pat McAfee saying, my sources, meaning Aaron Rodgers, is saying, here's what the contract is. Your sources are saying this, and they both kind of shrugged it off and laughed about it. Because it's coming from the same camp. The, the, the sports agency and David Dunn want that number to look as inflated as possible, and Aaron Rodgers – on the other side, is saying, like, no, don't paint me out to be this horrible person. Look, the cap hit's only $31 million. Last year it was 28. This year it's 31. Next year it's 40. It's amazing to me how many people are blown away when they find out those are the cap hit numbers. But I thought it was $50 million. No, nope, that's the guaranteed money and how they're going to spread it out over a multitude of years. Well, that's what he's really – so he is getting paid $50 million a year. If you're worried about the cash, yeah, go right ahead. I don't give a crap about it. All I'm worried about is cap hit. I'm moving on. I don't understand why people are so eager to convince me of that. Like, look at every other guy. You know, they point out Pat Mahomes' deal. It's a team-friendly deal. It's a 10-year contract. That's team-friendly? Well, yeah, Clayton, it's team-friendly because it's 10 years. You can spread that money out. Oh, now we're cool with spreading money out. Huh. Funny how that works, right? <laughs> it's just amazing to me how people talk in circles around it. But. Anyway, so I just want to point that out that um, his teammates are coming across like former teammates, I might add, that this ain't a big deal, dude. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes a difference, absolutely, but it ain't a big deal. So, um, I, you know, I'm not going to tell you my personal opinion where I side on it. Like, I, I think this is right and that's wrong. That's for you to determine, and I'm not here to persuade anybody to think any different. But, again, um, Bill Ryan e uh, emailing the show. We really appreciate it, man. And uh, it's cool walking down memory lane and how things were when Aaron was young. And um, like I said, those Bible studies and everything. And, and since then, you know, he's he's spoke out against Christianity, not Christianity, but the church. You never you never hear him say anything bad about Jesus and his disciples and the word that they spoke. Right. But you hear him talk about the church. I relate to that more than, you know, more than, you know. I have the biggest, as a Christian, I have to unplug myself from the church from time to time because I get so frustrated and so aggravated and I find myself judging other people in the church, mainly leadership, that I've got to step back and go, no, dude, I'm not supposed to judge. That's on me. Well, this is really putting me in a different direction. I've got to back off here a little bit and uh, and figure myself out a little bit more, right? Because it's not my not my place to judge anybody, but it does drive me nuts, man. Drives me absolutely insane. So I relate to where he's coming from there. His dad's a pastor, and he's a president of some kind of big Christian convention or whatever. Aaron Rodgers' dad is. So that's the family he was raised in, was the church, like the upper echelon of the church. And he's seen things behind the scenes that really ticked him off, and that put him at odds with his family, right? You know, when we talk about the uh, Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry, why is that something I got excited about raising money for? Real simple. They're rolling up their sleeves and helping people. That's what they're doing. They're helping people with past drug addictions, people coming out of prison, things like that, who want to turn their life around. And rather than just go, go to church, figure it out. 
They're they're literally hands-on serving people. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We being my personal faith, right? Not going to church in a three-piece suit, carrying a Bible with a leather cover, rolling up in a $60,000 vehicle, and you're preaching the sermon that day. That bothers me. I ain't going to lie. Selling coffee out front bothers me. I ain't going to lie. Selling your books out front bothers me. Selling your CDs, it bothers me. There's only one time Jesus got mad in the Bible. That's when he turned the freaking tables over in the temple. He said, y'all turn it into a den of thieves. They don't talk about that much in the church when they're out there selling coffee in the lobby and, and books, right? Supposed to be a hospital for the sick, not a museum for saints. And that's exactly what they turned it into is a museum for saints. So I relate to Aaron in that regard. That being said, man, hey, it's all personal opinion and beliefs, right? You can believe and feel the way you want. But I would uh I'd much rather walk my personal position and faith out by serving people, giving my hard-earned money to help someone else, right? Not my time, quote, and being on a payroll. That, I don't know, man, just eats me up. But anyway, this isn't a religious podcast. It's a Packer podcast. But it's, it's again, it got brought up because Aaron Rodgers used to do those things, you know, when he was younger. And I think the age gap does come into play. Like, I'm not hanging out with people who are 20 years younger than me. Are you? Wait, stop. If you're mad at Aaron Rodgers, hit pause and say, when was the last time that you took someone who was underneath you in your business, at your workplace, whatever. When I say underneath you, literally, you hold a higher rank than them. You might have been there longer and make more money. You might be their supervisor. You might be their boss. You might be the owner of the company. When was the last time you took someone 20 years younger than you out to dinner? You may be able to say yes. And if that's the case, then I respect your opinion. I'm I'm a no. I don't do it. I just don't. I don't hang out with people that are 20 years younger than me. That's not to say that he shouldn't. It's not to say that he couldn't. It's not to say it's an excuse. But again, everybody's opinions are formed off their past experiences. That's my past experience. For me to judge him any other way when I don't do that is exactly that I'm judging. And it's silly. Silly. But again, this is what happens when you push back against the narrative. This is what happens when you speak out against big government. This is what you uh, happens when you speak out against big pharma. Right? Brought to you by... You know what company, don't you? You've heard it a thousand times the last the last two years. So anyway, all right, let's move on to the next email. We got um, let's go along here. We've got Chuck. Chuck sent an email and he says, "What's up, Clay? Happy New Year. Hope all all your tomorrows are better than yesterday's." Man, this is getting poetic. Chuck, it's gonna be hard for me to read this on this uh, tiny font in this computer screen here, bro. So of course I'm listening to the Aaron bashing. Uh oh, here we go again. And I thought to myself, who in Green Bay has been has been there longer than Aaron Rodgers? Folks are wondering why the Packers begged him to come back. That is a fact. They don't like to point that out, that they begged him to come back. They make it sound as if he held the team hostage. He demanded this huge contract, and they just didn't have any choice. He wanted to be traded because he seen they were ready to go into a different direction. And then basically they said, no, we don't think we can do it without you. And they thought they were going to get Tay back as well. Tay walked, and that's how we ended up the way we were last year with the 25th lowest uh, wide receiver salary cap hit, right? Meaning we spent, you know, there was only seven other teams that spent less money the, than us on wide receivers, right? It is what it is. I'm not saying I disagree with it. I love Christian Watson. I love Romeo Dobbs. I think the future is bright. But facts are facts. Sometimes they hurt your feelings. They hurt mine all the time. <laughs> so um, point that out. And the fact that they led the league in drops doesn't help, right? But he says um, – they begged him to come back. 
Well, maybe that's because you should treat your Hall of Famer, four-time MVP and Super Bowl winning quarterback like said accomplishments. Been there before Goody and Mark Murphy. Think about that. Aaron Rodgers was there before both of those guys. He is, and it's what he goes on to say here, it looks like. Yeah, so so who the bleep has been there longer than 12? Let's make it a great week. I never say have a great week because no one can actually give you a great day. You have to make it what you want. I like that energy. And I'll be hearing, and you'll be hearing from me soon, I think is what he meant to say there. So nobody's been there longer than Aaron Rodgers. And it's true, man. It's that's the part that I really had to swallow my pride, guys, when it comes to this whole Aaron Rodgers thing. I was always of the opinion, and, and I, I personally think you got to be willing to change. You got to be willing to grow and change as a person. The second that you stop trying to get better and try to understand and and change and, and evolve as a human being, you, there there is no staying standing still, in my opinion, when it comes to anything in life. Like you're either getting better or you're getting worse. There's nothing in the middle. The people in the middle, they're miserable, right? So you always want to be getting better. And, uh, you know, when he talks about, (laughs) when he talks about Aaron Rodgers being there longer than anybody else, you know, I was of the opinion before that shut up and play ball. That was me. I was that guy. I was the guy that was like, shut up and do your job. It's none of your business what goes on in the front office. I heard Ron Wolf talk about it and say, these guys want to play GM too. And I was like, tell them, Ron, get them, bro. Right. <laughs> and then I had to come to the realization that, yeah, Ron Wolf hasn't been a GM for two decades now, to the best of my knowledge. Mm, maybe things do change, right? If you don't like change, you're going to like irrelevance even less. Right. Such a, such a strong quote. And me being a stubborn human being, that's, I've really had to change my mindset as I go through life. Um, and why do I say that? Why I was the person that hated the fact that Aaron Rodgers thought he should have say in the front office. But then I hear other people speak out. And rather than go, nope, nope, I'm right, you're wrong, you immediately have to go, all right, what have they done that I haven't and should I be listening to them? How about Peyton Manning? It's now come out that Peyton Manning ran the freaking building in Indianapolis, right? When I mean ran the building, there was one story. I want you to think of what Aaron, you know, quote-unquote, has done wrong, right, and been selfish, okay? And I'm going to give you a couple of stories. Aaron basically said, we need to stop making uh, mental mistakes. We need to stop making mistakes, and if people are going to make mistakes, the person behind them needs to get an opportunity, right? That's basically what he said. Um. So with Peyton Manning, one of the things he did the night before the Super Bowl, Ursay and ownership and Bill Polian and every, I believe Bill Polian was there if I remember correctly, they were going to allow the Colts um, families to stay in the hotel with the players. He said, so I just want you guys to know that um, you guys are allowed to have your family in the hotel room with you here. Peyton Manning stood up and said, no, we're not. And he sat down. And he said, okay, well, yeah, we'll talk about that. He said he stood up again and said, no, we won't talk about it. We're not doing it, and sat back down. And guess what happened? Players' families wasn't allowed in the hotel with them. <laughs> Could you imagine if Aaron Rodgers had done that? Oh, my God. So when Peyton, when they talk about Peyton literally cut people, this is Pat McAfee and I believe AQ as well. I'm trying to remember that. No, no, it wasn't AQ. It was Pat McAfee and it was uh, Adam Vinatieri. Right now, why do I listen to those two? You can say Pat's a doofus, I got you, but he played in the league and he was one of the best punters. I think he was the PFF all decade punter. 
the punter of the decade for PFF when he played. Okay, one of the best punters to play in the last 20 years. Adam Vinatieri is the GOAT when it comes to kickers. He, in my opinion, he is the greatest kicker in the history of the National Football League. Like, the guy was as clutch as they come. He had longevity, won multiple Super Bowls with two different teams. And I'm not talking about just was on the roster. This guy was kicking game-winning kicks in blizzard conditions, right? What did he say? Same thing. Peyton ran that building. He had people cut. Get them off the field. Get them. There was one time he said he ran somebody off the field. The guy came on the field. He made a mistake, and he said, get off my field. On the During the game, get off my field. The player ran to the sideline, and the coach said, what are you doing? We're running this personnel. Get back in. He went back into the game, and Peyton said, get off the damn field. Peyton did that in the middle of a game. But Aaron is not allowed to say, yeah, we got to stop making mistakes. Okay, so, again, Peyton Manning, Adam Vinatieri, Pat McAfee, I think they know more about football than I do. Maybe they don't know as much as you do, but they definitely know more than me. So I'm going to kind of back up and punt, no pun intended, and say, "Mm, okay, maybe I'm missing something here, right? Let me give you another example. A.Q. Shipley talking about Tom Brady in Tampa. A.Q. played center for uh, for the Colts for a long time. He went to Tampa, and I believe he was on the coaching staff in Tampa when they won the Super Bowl. Right. He was talking about Tom Brady the other day. Oh, Tom gets everything he wants. Tom is complete command, is in complete command of that offense, the personnel, who they sign, everything. Now you may say, well, that's wrong. It worked, didn't it? Now, why hasn't it worked in Green Bay? That's what you got to ask yourself. Well, Aaron Rodgers isn't Tom Brady. Okay, I'll give you that. Aaron Rodgers isn't Peyton Manning. Okay, I'll give you that. How do you know? This is what you got to ask yourself. This is what is mind-boggling to me about the whole Aaron Rodgers conversation of we need to trade him. I'm going to go on the record once again and say, listen, if you can tell me Jordan Love is better than Aaron Rodgers, he gives us a better chance to win, sign me up. I'm okay with cutting Aaron Rodgers if you're telling me Jordan Love is the better quarterback. I am. Because Aaron's already made it very vocal that, look, I'm not gonna if they if they decide to move on from me, there are no hard feelings. Like I don't even know if I want to play, but even if I do and I go play somewhere else, I'm always gonna be a part of this community. I love everybody here. Everybody's treated me so good. They've paid me three different times, great money. Like I, you know, there's no hard feelings. It's a business, right? He's not going, why does man respect? Why did he go on the tirade he went on two, three years ago, right? The rant. It's because he's seen people getting pushed out of the building that should have been treated better. So let me get this straight. Aaron Rodgers is wrong for pushing people out of the building, for for saying that management shouldn't push people out of the building that have given so much. Mike McCarthy, he was defending Mike McCarthy. People like to overlook that. He said, look, it was wrong for them to, to get rid of him in the middle of the season like that. After a loss, come to my office, hey, you're gone. He said that was wrong. Jordy Nelson, they didn't even offer him – I think they offered him a veteran minimum contract. You could say that was the right move with Jordy. I agree personnel-wise, but do you think Jordy Nelson would have been a good number four, number five wide receiver for a minimum? I don't think he would have played for the minimum. But the fact that they didn't even offer it to him, right? That's what Aaron was talking about. So let me understand this correctly. He says he has an issue with the way they're dumping people on their heads that have done so much for this organization over the years, right? 
And he's a horrible first person for speaking out about that. Yet, how dare he not take a rookie out to dinner? Do you understand what I'm saying here? Like, he steps up and says, this organization needs to be more about the people that build it and rather just treat them like a piece of meat. And that's wrong. But he's also wrong because he hasn't spent time with a guy who's 22 years old and a rookie. Like, what what are we talking about? It's just amazing how the goalposts constantly get moved. I don't understand it. Um, so anyway, AQ Shipley said that about Tom Brady. Anything he wanted in place, he got. You, you notice the Julio Jones thing, right? Julio Jones is a bad signing. I knew. I, I, I don't want to say I knew. I was of the opinion that Julio Jones was washed up, injury prone. He didn't have the same speed he had before. Um, he what you know drops were up. There's a reason he got cut. There's a reason someone else didn't want him on the team. Got it. But. Tom Brady wanted him, they went and got him. Tom Brady wanted Gronk, they went and got him. So, I think he wanted Leonard Fournette, too. He called and recruited Leonard Fournette. He called and recruited a couple people on defense, too, if I remember correctly, right? A.Q. Shipley said they let Tom Brady do it. So, of our generation, who are the greatest quarterbacks to play? When I say of our generation, let's say the last 20 years. Who do you think are the top quarterbacks to ever play the game? Tom Brady's right there at the top, right? Got to be. He's the GOAT. Peyton Manning. I mean, one of the smartest, most accurate quarterbacks you'll ever see play the game. One step ahead of the defense, always, unless he was playing Bill Belichick, right? Who's another one? Aaron Rodgers. Of those three, of those three big wigs, Mount Rushmore's of our generation of quarterbacks, only one was kept completely out of the loop on personnel. Guys, they didn't tell him anything. Now, they don't have to run him down and tell him that. But the thought of him going, hey, what are we thinking about doing? I don't know. We'll figure it out. You go enjoy your offseason. Like, it blew Pat McAfee away. It blew A.Q. Shipley away. He said, I'm still mind-boggled. It blew Adam Minateri away. It blew Peyton Manning away. If you ask Tom Brady that question, Tom Brady would be blown away, guaranteed. Right? Again, this, this wasn't my opinion before, but it is now. Why? Because you've got two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, a Hall of Fame kicker, a former all-decade punter, and a center who played and coached in the league for about 15 years are all saying, no, man, you're wrong here. I'm not going to be the I'm not going to be the a-hole, right? The a-hat <laughs> that says, ah, sorry, guys. Look, I know y'all got to combine like 60 years of NFL experience, but I understand this situation more than you. No, I'm going to be willing to change and evolve and say, you know what, I, th I think I'm wrong there. I think i got to be wrong there, right? Um, yeah, so it's not to even mention that you have all these coaches um, who obviously allowed it to happen too. That says enough in itself, right? I mean, if a coach is willing to allow it to happen, then doesn't that mean that they were on board with it? Doesn't that mean that ownership was on board with it? Doesn't that mean that management was on board with it? So what are we talking about, right? The coaches are cool with it. They got Super Bowl rings out of it. The owners are darn sure cool with it. Not only did they get Super Bowl rings out of it, but it drove the, the, the business and everything through the freaking roof, jersey sales, marketing, all that stuff. You know, another person I really I really take his opinion very, very strongly is uh, D-Butt, Darius Butler on the McAfee Show. He's also on NFL Matchup. 
one of the, according to Bill Belichick, this isn't my opinion, this is according to the greatest head coach of all time, Darius Butler was one of, if not the smartest players he's ever coached. He played safety and corner. He also has a podcast called, uh, I think Everything DB is the name of it. I need to, I need to subscribe to it. I haven't listened to it one time, but they say it's phenomenal. Um, him and I think uh, Antoine Bethea do it, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, he's come out and spoke out on it, right? Spoke out on these these situations, these scenarios. And, you know, he it, like all these players, when they come out and talk on these things, I have to slow down and, and really think. Now, there's some people that say, well, they wasn't a good player. Why would I listen to them? That doesn't apply to anybody I just mentioned, but, you know, if it was if it was somebody who played one snap in the National Football League, their opinion matters more than mine. That's just the way I see it. I don't care how young they are. I could be 20 years older than them, but if they played at that level and I never did, then they got they've got a different perspective on something than I do, then I've got to respect that opinion. I'm going to try to drain that of any knowledge I can whatsoever so I can get better again. There's no stand still. You're either going, you know, going backwards or you're going forwards. You're either getting worse or you're getting better. I always want to be getting better when it comes to learning football, understanding football, X's and O's, management side, business of sports, all those things. All right. So, um, yeah, with, with with Darius Butler, the thing that he said and the point I was trying to make business wise, like all these podcasters, this is what he said, and media members that are bashing Rodgers and wanting him gone, wanting him gone. He said, be careful what you wish for, because when he's gone, guess what happens to the numbers? That's a fact, guys. You should see the podcast numbers after a win. After a win, they're through the roof. People love listening. I'm the same way. I don't want to listen to a post-game show after a horrible loss, right? Now, that's why I tried to do my post-game show a little bit different. Rather than going, cut him, fire him, he's horrible. Oh, my God, we suck. What are we going to do? This is ridiculous. Aaron Rodgers is a drama queen, blah, 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 blah. I said, hey, here's what happened in the game. It sucked. But here's why it happened. Here's how I think we can get better. Here's what we need to be looking for in the offseason. Here are the things that were that went wrong that we need to correct and we need to fix, right? Positive, not a positive spin, a positive outlook on a crappy situation. That's my goal constantly. And what Darius Butler was talking about on the podcast or on the McAfee show was, man, you guys are going to see if you, you, Jordan Love may be the real deal. And I pray to Jesus he is. But if he isn't, then you're going to see firsthand, firsthand what Darius Butler's talking about. Because if he isn't the guy and we end up drafting a Zach Wilson and we have that kind of success or lack thereof, and, and this franchise turns into a losing record every single season, guess what's going to happen? Your podcast numbers are going to go down. Your interest in your clicks on your articles are going to go down. All those things are going to go down. Now, it, the Packers fan base, I have more faith in than anybody. We've got the hardcore fans. We're talking about the casual fans here. I'm not talking about the guys who sat through the 70s and the 80s when the Packers were horrible, and they held that standard high, and they're the reason the Packers fan base stuck through it and allowed Lambeau to stay there in Green Bay and, and the Packers to stay in Green Bay because they were willing to go and buy tickets even when the team was crappy. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about casuals. And you're going to see that, I think, if uh, if it ever comes to the point that the Packers turn down, like, oh, man, I don't want to think about that day. That's what's so frustrating is, like, two things are on the table here with Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, and this is really how I stand on it. One, you've got the opportunity to prevent what happened with Brett Favre. That was horrible, guys. That completely divided the fan base completely, right? So if he stays and retires, if he retires this year, he stays one more year and retires as a Packer, we get to avoid that, 
right? Now, what's crazy is Aaron has already come out and kind of bridged that gap with what he said on the last McAfee show. And like, look, if we do part ways, hey, you know, no hard feelings. That helps a lot. Brett Favre did not do that. I want to thank Chuck for the email. Thank you so much, Chuck. That was uh, appreciate your insight there, man. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next topic here. So when talking about that whole thing, you know, people always draw the parallel with Brett Favre. And we're going to wrap up with this. I just wanted to hit on this real quick because I mentioned this uh, this documentary all the time, and it's God, such a phenomenal documentary. You can find it. If you just go Google Last Day at Lambeau, right, there's an online screener that will pop up on Vimeo, and you've got to watch this. It's unbelievable. It's the most detailed version of the story of Brett Favre leaving. And that's why it's called Last Day at Lambeau. It talks about his last day at Lambeau, right? Um, spoiler alert. Sorry, uh, Brett went on to play for the Vikings. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. But they say, oh, he's doing exactly what Brett did. Aaron's doing exactly what Brett did. No, he isn't. It is completely different. Aaron Rodgers wants to retire a Green Bay Packer. Some believe he's washed up. I don't believe that. I just posted a 13-minute highlight clip of all of his best throws from last year on Twitter, and it, it amazes, amazes me how many people DM me and go, man, I really – I really, I didn't pay that close attention. I didn't watch every every game, you know, every snap. I, you know, I caught highlights here and there, and I really thought Aaron had a bad year. It wasn't as bad as people thought. No, it wasn't because we're so used to a freaking MVP year. He had a bad Aaron Rodgers year. That bad Aaron Rodgers year, to me, still makes him a top-10 quarterback. And then there's people that go, well, his numbers don't reflect that. Okay. He tied his completion percentage for his career, right? So he was on par with that. Before the thumb injury, he was 2% higher than his average completion percentage throughout his entire career. And we know he didn't get much playing time when he was young. So this is him as a starter. So you can throw that excuse out the freaking window, right? So, you know, you, you look at that, they're, they're messaging me going, man, he, he had a better year than I thought. And the only negative comments that would that would comment on that video I posted was, well, the Patriots game wasn't with a broken thumb. Okay, so he made a good throw without a broken thumb? That's your point? Bam, boy, you really dunked on me. Wow. Good point. Well taken. What? You, what? And it, why, why don't you post the bad throws? It's a highlight reel. It's not a low, low, low light reel. Like, Okay, take him compared to any other quarterback and go post a low light reel of every bad of every bad throw he's ever made. Right? You, who who would do that? Like, <laughs> makes no sense, man. Just keep moving the goalposts. So yeah, that's how I feel about Aaron. I, I think he's going to rebound this year. I think if he goes to another team, um, hey, it means that both he and the organization felt it was time. I trust their evaluation more than mine, but. Um, you know, I wanted Brett to fail when he went to the Jets. I wanted him to fail when he went to the Vikings because he he threw everybody in this organization under the bus. And some of you going, oh, I don't remember it like that. Okay, let's go to last day at Lambeau. And I want to point out, because I always reference how he changed his mind so many times in a short amount of time, right? But let's just go to this documentary again, last day at Lambeau, online screener um, for on Vimeo.com. You can search for it. It's a phenomenal. I want to make sure they get credit for this. Just for me using it, go to their page, click on it, and give it another view. I don't, I don't even know how Vimeo works, but um, yeah, it's it's just a great, what a great documentary. But here we go. I always felt through this whole ordeal that the fans kind of got left out, quite frankly. That Brett Favre did what was best for him, 
and the Packers did what was best for them. And I don't think anybody really considered how the fans felt about all this. I think Ted Thompson was hoping that the situation would go away. The Packers, did, they just wanted to take the high road the whole time and they didn't want to fight back and they didn't say anything. They knew this guy's legendary status in Green Bay, so they just kept quiet. And by doing that, they lost the PR battle. All right, so I want to point that out real quick, the PR battle. See, most fans, they just seen what you know was on mainstream media, right? They didn't hear the behind-the-scenes stuff. Okay, so that's what he just talked about. They lost the PR battle because they just stayed quiet. Now, here's the behind-the-scenes stuff, which makes this documentary so good. Listen to this. Time after time after time. So this is now at the height of Favre mania in Packer Nation. There are people marching outside Lambeau Field with banners, you know, talking about bring Brett Favre back. The Press Gazette is being inundated with hundreds of letters every day about people, why is Ted Thompson trying to run Brett Favre out of town? The next day, a member of the Packers PR department calls one member of each paper to go and talk with Ted Thompson. I want to say it was in a conference room that's located near Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson's office, and McCarthy was there and Thompson was there, and they had very detailed notes. They were very prepared to talk about this. And that was the only time I've ever seen a sort of humanity behind the mask of Ted Thompson. He puts on this aura as though he's never going to show you any emotion. He's never going to reveal anything about his thinking. And that was the one time where you could physically see it was tangible that there was a pain on Ted Thompson's face, that there was a confusion, that there was a hurt. And it's not to paint Ted Thompson's the victim here, but he didn't know what to do. How do you tell the greatest player in Packers history that we're not going to bring you back, but we also are not going to release you. What the Packers released to those four journalists was a timeline detailing every interaction between Coach McCarthy, Ted Thompson, and Brett Favre since January. It was interesting. I thought that they kept a detailed timeline because I think they knew at some point they were going to have to tell their side of the story and, and hopefully make understand make fans understand why they made their choice. The real juicy stuff in the timeline um, was the fact that Favre... All right. <clears throat> They're showing a calendar. I just want to visualize this for you. March 6th, Favre retires. March 24th, Favre asked to return. Okay. First wanted to come back toward the end of March. So he only made it a few weeks. And he wanted to come back and to hear the Packers side of the story at that point they were ready to welcome him back as their starting quarterback and so on the 27th the next day the Packers accepted it and said all right cool come on back they were gonna take a plane down to Hattiesburg and they were gonna make the announcement and a couple days beforehand he changed his mind then on the 29th two days after the Packers said okay yeah welcome back We'll, we'll send a plane down to get you. Two days later, he changed his mind again. I think that when he started flip-flopping like that, I think that was when they really decided they had to move on because they didn't want to get into a situation where they gave Brett Favre the quarterback job back and all of a sudden after the second minicamp, he decides he's done. You know, And they didn't want to get into that game with Brett Favre. It upset Brett Favre because he knew that when that timeline got out to the public, that it was going to sway support for him. I don't think there's any doubt that from that moment, he decided that he not only wanted to play somewhere else, 
but he wanted to play for the Vikings and to stick it to Ted Thompson. The brewing soap opera quickly turned Green Bay into a media circus. While we have finally heard from Ted Thompson in... All right, so <clears throat> I just wanted to point that out. I don't want to take up too much time. We're way over time already, and the power went out while I was recording this podcast, so I'm going to have to patch it together. It's going to be a little bit of a, an issue. But I wanted to point out that timeline because, again, it was not only did he not know every single season, but that particular offseason, he retires early in March. Then he tells them later in the year or later in the, uh, the month there, like 20 days later, hey, I want to come back. And they said, okay, gotcha. Now, keep in mind, guys, to the best of my knowledge, free agency had already started, right? So they already started moving forward with the roster after he retired. Now he changes his mind. Now they got to go to Aaron Rodgers and say, okay, you're no longer the starter. Brett's wanting to come back. They have that conversation. They set the jet up to fly it down to him. Two days later, he changed his mind again. Like, <laughs> it's obvious to me that he made his mind up. He wanted to play somewhere else. Now, what did he do after that? I'm not going to play the entire documentary. He goes on Greta Van Susteren and talks to them and talks about how uh, it's it's all the front office's fault. He threw Ted Thompson under the bus. He threw Mike McCarthy under the bus. They basically locked him out of Lambeau, all these things. And not one time did he mention, not once did he mention, hey, you know, I actually changed my mind three times in one month because that's what happened. Like, he was going to come back and play. No, he decided to retire. Had the, the crying press conference. Then he tells them he wants to come back. And they say, okay, are you sure? Got it. All right, we'll send the jet down to you. We're going to let Aaron know. And then uh, two days later, you know what? I don't think I want to. Why do I say that? Why did I play that clip? Because this is not the same scenario with Aaron Rodgers. He literally said, if they had gave me a deadline, I would have made my, my decision already but they didn't give him a deadline. Why did they not give him a deadline? Because I think they know Jordan Love is the next starting quarterback, and they're fine moving forward with him. But they also know it's a four-time MVP, and he had a broken thumb. Aaron Rodgers, healthy, is still better than Jordan Love, probably significantly better than Jordan Love at this moment, just like Brett Favre was significantly better than Aaron Rodgers when he first took over as a starter, right? So I think that's where they're at. Well, it's just ridiculous. You're wasting great years. They said the same thing about Aaron after he started, right? But people forget that when he got the starting role, they drafted a second-round pick in Brian Braun because they still didn't know if Aaron was going to be the guy. The best time to draft a quarterback is when you don't need one. You can never have too many great quarterbacks on the roster, right? That's the way I see it. So I thought it'd be cool to point that out. We're going to get out of here. We're already way over on time. But I just every time I hear that, it's not the same thing. Aaron said he wants to retire a Packer. Brett wanted out, and he threw everybody under the bus on the way out. Now, since then, they've mended fences, which is great. Now we've got this other controversy with Brett Favre. and amazing? All this stuff follows him around, and it kills me because one of my favorite players of all time, one of the reasons I became a Packer fan, because I'm like, look at this gritty, hard-nosed guy. I just want all of the allegations to not be true. And – I want to keep things strictly about football. If anybody ever asks me about if it does prove to be true and he goes down as this horrible person or whatever, yeah, if they ask me that, I'll say, yeah, you bet. He's he's a crappy person. If it is true, again, innocent till proven guilty is how I feel on everything. I don't care what your political stance is, right, left, white, black, yellow, green. I don't, I don't care about anything. Innocent until proven guilty. That's all that matters um, to me. 
But if they ask me what was he like on the football field, I'll tell them he's one of the funnest players, the most enjoyable. I don't even know if funnest is a word, probably it. <laughs> the most enjoyable experiences as a fan was watching him play the game because he played it hard, he played it gritty. And it just sucks that the end there, it was his fault. And since then, I took everything off the wall. I'm like, I ain't hanging a number four or anything on my wall. And we put it in the closet. I said, until he apologizes, that stuff ain't going back up on the wall because it was his fault. He he shouldered the majority of the blame because he flip-flopped like that. Most casual fans don't know that. And hopefully, Packers total access, total access kind of takes you behind the curtain a little bit and gives you some of the details that some of the mainstream media might not talk about. Um, but – Sure enough, he said, yeah, man, we were both at fault. I, I I wish I'd have handled things different. All right, put it back on the wall. Now we got this other crap. It's like, man, if everywhere you go it smells like crap, you might want to check your boot, right? So anyway, I want to appreciate everybody uh, or say thank you. I really, really appreciate everybody for taking the time to hang out with us today. Um, obviously, if you're listening to this uh, on a work day, this is Saturday. This will probably go in around 1 o'clock if you guys are working on a Saturday. God bless you. If you're not, maybe you Listen to this while you're hanging out around the house, running errands, whatever. Um, really appreciate y'all taking time out of your day to hang out with us. So, as always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go, Pat, go. On the fake, Rodgers lets it fly. Has Watson. He's got it on his feet, and he's in for the touchdown. That might be the biggest catch of this young receiver's career. Christian Watson, you can see him, it's just press man. They talk about his speed, his ability to get behind the defense. It's just a matter of can he catch it. That's a great job tracking the ball. He just took a big sigh of relief. Look at his buddies greeting him on the sideline, man. That's got to feel good.